Hey guys, this is Heather from The Uncensored Woman. I wanted to insert a trigger warning prior to getting started on today's episode. Today's episode will contain vivid details on mental health issues, specifically anxiety, some depression talk, suicide, and a little talk on the subject of addiction. If this type of content bothers you or triggers you in any way, please do not proceed with today's episode. If you or a loved one is battling addiction, feel free to contact the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration at 1-800-662-HELP or 1-800-662-4357. Also, if you are battling with thoughts of suicide, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Once again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Both of these hotlines are available for help 24-7. There are people out there who care and love you and your life is worth it, and it matters. Get help today. With all of this being said, we will now hop into today's episode. Hey, welcome back to The Uncensored Woman. I am your host, Heather Christine, I hope all of you beautiful, amazing people out there are doing well today and this weekend. And if you are from Kentucky, happy Derby weekend. I hope you all had a fantastic Derby. Hope your luck was up and you won some money uh, and everything is all good. I am so sorry that I haven't recorded in two weekends, but I am in the middle of trying to vamp everything that I have up. I don't have enough storage and things have been really difficult. So I'm in the middle of purchasing a few things. And then last weekend, I actually got dose one of the COVID vaccine. I got the Pfizer shot and I don't regret it. I just want to preface this with that. Don't regret it at all. I have health issues. As you all know, I've talked about it before. I'm a high risk patient. I weighed out the pros and the cons with my own physician and I recommend you all do the same. I researched it. I read up on the vaccinations. I also watched videos of different people getting their vaccinations and how it affected them days and weeks after on their first and second dose. Um, I did end up experiencing flu-like symptoms. The first day that I received the vaccine, I was all good like four hours into it. And then I started feeling a little fatigue and I had a major headache which wasn't crazy and also obviously my arm was sore but that happens with a lot of vaccines and so I was like okay this is 
you know, I knew that there was a chance for some symptoms. So I was like, all right, if this is all it is, it's fine. However, later that night, I started throwing up in which I knew at that point I was running a fever because that's how my body responds to fevers. Unfortunately, um, it makes me puke. So I was sick for a few days there and I'm crossing my fingers that I don't get sick with dose two, but we shall see. And again, with that being said, I do not regret getting the vaccination. I will continue to get the second dose. I just want to be protected. And then also I had a few people ask me, you know, how's the dating thing going? Um, and cause I kind of updated on the last episode. I think what it was you guys is I go in like these spurts of dating and then not dating again. And I just, the, like I said, the last person I talked to was a great person, but I felt like the chemistry lacked in that situation. I didn't really feel that we were vibing off of each other. And then when I kind of took it to like a friendly level, he stopped responding to me. And so I just blocked his number, not because he's a bad person, but just because at the end of the day, I thought he was a friend. And when he didn't answer me, I was like, okay. And like I told you all, I'm leading people in and out of my life and I feel like if you got to be like that that's fine but be like that on your time not mine and I wish this guy nothing but the best but I'm gonna you know unless somebody pops up in my life that I really like or something I'm just gonna take another break from dating I swear y'all could ask my kids I do not date I really don't you have to be some type of special for me to date you number one because it's just hard for me to connect with somebody. You just have to be a certain type of person. And number two, I don't bring men in and out of my kids' lives. So, yeah, uh, that's what it is, and I don't regret it. And um, I don't have a problem with my life. My life is actually going really well lately, and I hope that it continues to move up again. And I am happy. But with that little update, we are going to go into the explanation of this intro, which is I am very happy to bring you guys episode two of this series. Um, Today's episode of This Is My Story is titled Popsicles and Heart Attacks. This episode is going to take you guys back into time with me to when I first started experiencing major anxiety and panic attacks. Obviously, all episodes within this series are to help you all understand the mindset of an addict while listening to experiences that are personal to me that led me down that path. I always like to preface episodes like these with the fact that these are my personal experiences and my experiences alone. These episodes do not speak for anyone else. The point of them is to hopefully bring awareness and understanding to mental health and addiction while also trying to break the stigma attached. But before we hop into the main segments, <laughs> y'all know the mother drill okay download the uncensored woman on whatever platform you're listening on and if 
you have iTunes, please give this show a review. I always appreciate that as well as I appreciate my day one slash loyal listeners as well as my new ones. You all make this show what it is and without you guys, this podcast would be nothing. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. But y'all know without further ado, let's hop into the main segment. Think back to when you were seven years old. What were you doing? What grade were you in? What were your interests? Who were your friends? Being a child, especially a young one, should be some of the most carefree, fun, exciting times of your life. You shouldn't be consumed with fear. Fear that is so disabling that you can't even begin to think about playing with your friends because you don't even know anymore how in the world you are going to make it through the day or night. Up until I was seven years old, I felt I was a normal child. I mean, put aside the trauma I had been through with my parents' divorce and my dad's substance use disorder at the time, I felt pretty normal. I had a good amount of friends, I loved school, I did gymnastics, I cheered, I played softball, I played outside all day, every day, rain or shine, I was full of life. However, all of that changed two months after I turned seven years old. The house I grew up in the majority of my childhood was in a beautiful neighborhood that was full of a bunch of kids that were tightly bonded. I mean, we were all practically family, you guys. Our parents hung out and we ran the streets until the sun went down. A lot of times, we were still out playing flag football or kickball until the sound of my stepdad's whistle. And everyone knew that sound meant it was getting late and we should all get home. That whistle was well known around the neighborhood. This neighborhood also had a corner store at the beginning of it that we could all walk to or ride our bikes to to get little snacks and drinks. One hot Kentucky day in the beginning of August, which happens to be one of the hottest months around here anyways, I had rode my bike with a friend to the store to get a drink. And that was, like, typical for us. I mean, we were, like, literally always up there, like I said. So, this was not anything out of the ordinary. It was a very hot day, but, I mean, we were kids. We were playing outside. It was it was all good. And excuse me if I do have to um, <clears throat> clear my throat and or cough. My allergies are not allowing me to be great right now. Um, it is horrible outside right now. And my allergies are just taking it out of me. Um, But we got our drinks, checked out, and got back on our bikes to ride to my house, which was only a two-minute bike ride, if that. Well, about 30 seconds into that bike ride, I started feeling hot, dizzy, sick. And then came the infamous adrenaline rush that you have when a panic attack sets in. 
only I didn't know what that felt like because I had never experienced anxiety or panic attacks before. I remember panicking so hard I started pedaling faster and faster and my friend was asking me what was wrong but I couldn't talk. I was focused. I just needed to hurry up and get home to my mama. I didn't want to die alone and I was convinced I was having a heat stroke or heart attack. You see, a week prior to this incident, my parents had the local news on and I just happened to hear a segment about heat strokes and death in the heat. You know, just like a little educational segment that they really do every year. I didn't really think anything of it at the time. I just went about my day. What I didn't realize is I was predisposed to anxiety and panic attacks already. And that news segment had actually planted a seed in my brain. So when I got home from the store, my mom was at the door about to walk out. And then she seen my face and I was crying and telling her that I seen a story on the news last week about heat strokes and I was extremely hot and dizzy and I thought that I was having one and I couldn't calm down and my heart was beating too fast and I needed her to get me to the hospital immediately. She had me sit down, breathe in and out deeply, drink some water, and she prayed with me. Of course, she was monitoring me, you guys, like she wasn't just going to let me die. But after about five minutes, she knew it was a panic attack. And how did she know this? Because she also suffers with them. From that day forward, nothing was the same for me. From that day forward, I felt like I was stripped from some of my childhood. I felt like I lost a piece of of myself. Being seven years old and all of a sudden struggling with such a huge issue really affected me in, in such a profound way. I could never really explain it the way that I want to, but what I can say is it did mess with me. It did make me feel extremely abnormal, out of place. It made me question life. It made me question my purpose from the age of seven and on. I mean, there would be times when I was supposed to go to the lake with one of my friends or go spend the night with one of my friends. And I'd be too scared to do it because I didn't want to get somewhere and be embarrassed because I was having an anxiety attack or the worst, what if it wasn't an anxiety attack and it really was real and there was something wrong with me and I was dying and my mom wasn't around. This stuff scared the life out of me and it placed fear on me and unusual amount of fear for a child that shouldn't have to be there and I mean at nine years old I was taking Xanax not much but I was taking it that's how bad my anxiety 
had had gone. I mean, I wasn't taking it on a regular basis or anything. But when it got so bad that I wasn't sleeping for nights on end as a child, I would have to take the prescription. And it's just crazy thinking, I mean, because, you know, I have kids. And that to me is, is so insane. And it just, it's stripped so much from me. But before I go throughout my childhood and adulthood of suffering with anxiety and panic attacks, I do want to make something clear because I don't think a lot of people know this and a lot of people self-diagnose because they don't really know how bad actual anxiety and or panic attacks are. And so I want to go ahead and clear that up. And number one, there is a difference between like general generalized anxiety and different types of anxiety. And then there's a difference between all of that and panic attacks. None of it is the same. Okay. And let's just say you're going in for a job interview and you're feeling really nervous and anxious. That is a normal human response to a situation like that. That does not mean that you have panic attacks or um, a diagnosed anxiety disorder. It just doesn't. However, if you do think that you struggle with any of these things, you need to consult with your physician. But... I have this little chart on how it feels really to have a panic attack. And I wanted to first read that off to you all before we go any further. So having a panic attack can feel like many things. It could be hard to breathe, shaky hands, negative self-talk. You feel like an imposter. You could not focus. You can't explain how you're feeling. Constant worrying cannot um, seem to settle down. Nausea. You want to isolate yourself. Sweaty palms. Increased heart rate. Extreme fatigue. Hard to sit still. Your thoughts are too loud. You think of every possible thing that can go wrong irrational thinking, feeling like something bad will happen, your body is tense, easily irritated, and like I explained in my own life, it can cause you to cancel plans. And often in my own experience, a bad enough panic attack can also mimic symptoms of real things that are bad, like a heart attack, like a stroke, like passing out. It can really mimic serious things like that. And so you do have to be careful with it. Um, and it can be quite scary, as you can imagine, if you think those things are going wrong. I mean, that that's, that's a little crazy you know that your body can do that I mean I've blacked out before 
I've gotten so dizzy I couldn't stand up. I've had heart palpitations. Um, my left arm has hurt. My left shoulder has hurt. My chest has hurt. Like just things that you think you would only feel if you were having serious health condition issues. Okay. Um, and so obviously that can be extremely scary for anyone, child or adult. It is scary. And it is not something to play with. You cannot play with stuff like this. And hold on real quick, guys. I'm going to move my mic and there may be a little bit of noise, but the way I have stuff placed is really, really weird. And I got to move this around real quick because it's driving me freaking crazy. Um, okay. And so we've talked about panic attacks and, and anxiety and what you really feel during that. Um, now, with that being said, there is a difference between having a panic attack and then like anxiety. With anxiety, you can have generalized anxiety disorder, um, and that would make you feel anxious on most days, worrying about lots of different things for a period of six months or more. Um, you can have social anxiety, which I do deal with a lot of that, specific phobias, panic disorder, again, I deal with that. Um, obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. I deal with a little bit of that. Um, Post-traumatic stress disorder and I do deal with that because of a terrible almost fatal car crash I was in a few years ago. Um, so and then the main definition of anxiety is an emotion characterized by an unpleasant state of inner turmoil often accompanied by nervous behavior, such as pacing back and forth, complaints. It includes subjectively unpleasant feelings of dread over anticipated events. And I promise you guys, it is not something that you want to struggle with if you don't already struggle. And like I said, you can have one or the other um, you don't have to struggle with all of these things. You can have one form of anxiety and not suffer with the other forms of anxiety. You can have panic attacks, but not suffer with generalized everyday anxiety. It just depends. But as I've said, if you feel like you're suffering with any of these things, you really do need to go and see the doctor. Because if you don't, and maybe get into a therapist as well, it will wreak havoc on your life if you don't take care of it. I promise it will because I've lived it, okay? And so, as I said, I started having these major panic attacks at the age of seven. And they progressed and got worse. And then I think I was about 11 or so and I stopped having them as bad for a long time, actually. Um, I think I went without, I mean, like I still had like generalized anxiety, but as far as like a flat out panic attack, I think I went from the age of, um, 
I'd say it was, yeah, it was the summer before my senior year. So I went from 11, maybe it was 12, but 11 or 12 until I was 17 years old without a major panic attack. And they just come on out of the middle of nowhere. So I hadn't had them in forever. And I remember one day walking in from being outside, I went in the kitchen and everything started spinning around me. And at this time, I was also in a very abusive relationship. And so I did have a lot of stress on me. Um, But I walked in the kitchen, I felt like everything was spinning around and my parents weren't home. And it was the first time that I had called 911 um, for myself. And the ambulance got there. And by then, I had kind of chilled out. And my vitals had um, evened out. And they told me they pretty much thought it was a panic attack as well. But if I wanted them to take me to the hospital, they could do so. But I was like, you know what? You're probably right. I haven't had an anxiety attack in forever. This is probably what it was. And I racked up. a a bill, you know, because it's not expensive for an ambulance to come see you. And that was one time out of many more events where I would call the EMS or go to the hospital in the future. And so anyways, after this one panic attack, I started having them every day. And then it was time to go back to school. And I remember dreading it so much because I'm like, what am I going to do when I'm sitting in class and having major panic attacks in front of all my friends and and the teacher and everything, like that's so embarrassing, especially being a senior in high school. And so I started school and as expected, I would have them in class. And what I would do is I would raise my hand and say that I had to go to the bathroom and I would go to the bathroom and I would splash water on my face and I would sit there for like two to three minutes and just breathe in and out deeply and then continue. um, I would continue my routine for the day at school. And I will say this, when you bow down and give up on everything when it comes to terrible panic attacks and you stop your life, it will actually make it worse. And it seems like the easiest thing to do, I promise, it seems like the easiest thing to do is just to forget about your social life, work, school, everything. But you actually need to keep yourself in routine and keep yourself going. Because before I knew it, a few months after I started school, the anxiety or the panic attacks went away again. And as I said, Still dealt with generalized anxiety, but the panic attacks went away. And so we get through my senior year and um, almost all the way. And then as you all know, I had a pretty bad anxiety attack the night of prom, like after prom was over and I had my boyfriend drive me home. And that next morning, my father passed away, which again started a strand of panic attacks however they weren't the worst I ever had I did have a huge amount of stress on me and I got through that found out I was pregnant with my first son 
um, a bunch of good stuff ended up happening within that time. You know, I know I was young, but honestly, getting pregnant with Caden at the age of 18 was the best thing that could have happened to me. It was such a huge blessing. And then I got engaged and I got married and, you know, I, I, um, I have my daughter. And so we're going to skip to right after um, I had my daughter. Not right after, but probably about a year after I had her. Um, now, I do want to preface with saying I did suffer with postpartum depression after I had my daughter. But I didn't have, like, huge panic attacks at that time. However, a year after, when I was in really good shape, I had lost a bunch of weight. Um, unfortunately, my uncle was beat up at a bar and left for dead on the side of the road. And he was found by somebody driving by that, that got out of their car and was nice enough to call for help because this other person left him for dead. And he was taken to the hospital. They didn't know if he was going to make it. He was in a coma and so the next day my husband and I went and seen my uncle and when we got up there his whole face was swollen it didn't look like him he was in a coma and the thought of being in a coma or you know and and wondering like is he scared can he hear us and he don't know how to talk back? Like, these are the things that I would ask myself. And, um, so for whatever reason, that scared the hell out of me. And the day after we went and seen him, I started having the worst panic attacks that I had ever had in my entire life. Okay. Um, I stopped being able to eat. My normal weight is anywhere between, since I've been an adult, anywhere between 120 to like 130. Okay. But usually it's around like, uh, 125 to 127, something like that. And I had got down to like 105 pounds. I couldn't eat. Um, I couldn't drive anywhere. I wouldn't go into any stores. My husband, bless his heart, was up almost all night, every night until he had to go to work the next day with me because I was, I was terrified I was going to die. And this went on for months and months, six months. And I was so sick. And at that time I had to be put on depression medicine and anxiety medication again. And eventually I did get through that. But it was very, very hard. And as I said before, when you give all the power to the anxiety and the panic attacks and you stop living your life, it is just going to amplify that anxiety disorder, that panic attack disorder. And that's exactly what it did to me. And I lost six months of my life due to that. I mean, I just lived in constant fear. I was constantly going to the hospital or calling EMS. I mean, I was just totally convinced that I was dying. You could not tell me any different. And I wouldn't eat for fear of choking 
Um, I couldn't sleep for fear of dying in my sleep or going into a coma. Uh, it was just, it was, it was a very, very hard time in my life, but I got through it. And then eventually I was able to get off of the depression medicine and the anxiety medication. And then I will take you all up to the point where you all know I ended up divorced. I ended up falling deeply in love with somebody else, having twins with this person. And, um, he, was a recovering drug addict that had turned back to drugs and had left me. And again, I had all this trauma and panic attacks started hitting me left and right. And one day, um, I was in the middle of a panic attack and I had just had a root canal done. And I, so I happened to have pain medication with me and I took the pain medication for the pain However, I noticed that it actually helped calm me down from my panic attack. And that's when all the trouble started because I realized that I could self-medicate to calm myself down. And also, it helped with my social anxiety and just my overall general, generalized anxiety. And this is why I put such a big emphasis on seeking out a therapist if you're struggling with this and talking to a physician because these things do happen to everyday people. And you never think it'll be you. I never thought it would be me, you guys. I mean, when I had my kids, all of them, the doctors and nurses would be surprised if I asked for pain medication because I never needed it. And anytime I would have a procedure done, I'd take maybe one or two of the prescription, one or two pills out of the prescription, and then I would never touch it again. I didn't like it. It gave me anxiety. But it's like on this one particular time, the chemistry in my brain changed and all of a sudden it was helping me. And that's how I fell into my problem. And that is how a lot of people gain issues. And that is what leads a lot of people to addiction is mental health issues. And that is why I talk so much about mental health and breaking the stigma attached to it. Because this is a huge problem in this world today. And we really need to get people the help they need before they seek out these alternative things. And these days, you guys, it's even worse because they're not prescribing pain medication the way that they used to for things. And they've rescheduled everything, which makes um, legit pain pills harder to get, which means that people are trying to find things in the streets and you can barely find anything legit anymore in the streets you guys because people are pressing pain pills and it's actually not a Percocet or a hydrocodone it's press fentanyl which will kill you and so they're either turning to that and taking something they think is safe and it's killing them or they're taking straight heroin because they're desperate and so 
prior to getting there, we need to open up a big conversation about mental health and we need to motivate people to get in to talk to their physicians, to seek out therapy. If the first therapist doesn't work for you, go talk to another one. But get the help you need, please, guys, because it will lead to stuff like this. It does happen. It happened to me. And my biggest problem was always my mental health issues. You know, as I've said before, prior to, you know, taking the medication to self-medicate, you know, I use sex, I use shopping, um, and then sometimes I would be so scared, especially during that bad stint of panic attacks in my 20s that I was talking about when I lost all that weight and I was married. Um, I thought about just taking my life all the time. To me, it would have been easier because I, I didn't know how to deal. I didn't have a life. I, I lived in constant fear. And so I planned so many times to take my life. And then years down the road when I started self-medicating and it turned into an addiction and I was sick without the pills, then I couldn't function like that anymore. And again, the suicide thoughts came back in my head. And I am so lucky I'm here. And I always say if it wasn't for my kids, I I would not be here. So please, if you're struggling today, get the help you need. And I am going to wrap up the episode with that and letting you know that you are worthy, you are loved, and you are worth getting help. And panic attacks, anxiety depression. It does not have to be the end of your life. There are people out there to help and you do not need to self-medicate. I promise it will only lead you to a bigger problem and I am an example of that. But with all of this being said, you guys, I hope you all took something from today's episode and If you can relate, I'm sorry that you can, but hopefully it helps you feel not so alone. And if you know somebody that struggles with this stuff, hopefully it helps you understand. And yeah, I'm going to get up out of y'all's ears (laughs) and hopefully I'll be back next week. Peace, love, and happiness. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.